Welcome to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats. Still building legends one at a time. Now here's your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks. This week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine, shocked to life by Rely On Lithium Batteries, tailor-made lithium, giving you the most power that you make the most of your time on the water. Check them out online, relyonbattery.com, and use code Angler's Channel for 10% off. And don't forget, head on over to dualpro.com and use the code Angler. To get 25%, yes, Kent, I said it, 25% off your next charger to help you charge and rely on lithium batteries. That way you guys can get the most bang from it. Kenneth, well, he's not doing it right now. He ain't got a boat, but uh, he's fixed to come get my batteries and my charger to make sure his uh, his boat actually runs since I'm still waiting on one. But, uh, but we're getting there. So uh, I'm Chris Brown along with, of course, the AC Insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover, social media ninja, Mr. David Zhong, who finally decided to join us tonight. Gentlemen, you guys doing okay tonight? David, are you, are you recouped from ICAST last week? I, I think so. Like, since we're talking about ICAST, I just want to, for our listeners, I do apologize ahead of time. No, after the fact. Uh uh. No, 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 no. Do not apologize for the lack of social media you did last week because you worked your ass off. Point blank, period, the end. I don't care what Burl says. You worked your ass off last week. So, well, well, you gave me the the title of social ninja. So, I guess people have certain expectations and I didn't live up to them. Well, you did. You did in my eyes. You're good. Mr. Grover, how are you tonight? You know, I'm I'm good, but see, I, I understand what David has to go through. I understand what you know what what David has to cover. Sure, uh, you know to make sure that someone else on this podcast, you know, stays straight. So <laughs> yes, David has a full plate. <laughs> he did, he did. He got pulled into more meetings than than what he wanted to, but he uh, he did he did well. We'll talk a little more about iCast here in just a little bit. We want to go ahead and get this party started. By welcoming in the 2021 Bassmaster Elite Series Rookie of the Year, our buddy from Atlanta, Mr. Josh Strasner. Josh, how are you, bud? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How, how are y'all? Uh, we're good. We're good. Did I sent you a text yesterday. You're like, hey, are we doing the podcast? And I'm like, no, I'm still under the weather. <laughs> but uh, did uh, did you get any of the iCast crud, or are you, are, are you good to go? Thankfully, I'm good to go. I've, I've heard of... Uh, Several people got got some crud while they were down there, but I, I didn't get anything. Yeah, it, it's it was eerily reminiscent of 2020 when we had the classic, and then the world shut down the following week, and a, a, a big handful of us all kind of got sick. I wasn't feeling 100, percent but it may have just been all the even those kids running around the airport when I tried to leave on Friday. Uh, at ICAST, I don't know, but um, it was uh, it was fun and less. I did see you run around down there. How was uh, how was the show for you? Man, it was good. I had a good time. You know, that was that was my first first time to the to ICAST, so it was, I thought it went really good. I got to meet some people and look at a lot of, a lot of cool new stuff, and uh, pretty much worked about half the time. So uh, sure. Other than that, it was good. It was, it was an interesting show. Would it surprise you if I told you that that show was probably, 
I don't know, a third of the size it was two, three years ago? That's what I had several people tell me about. You know, it seemed big, you know, to me. But uh, like you just said, everybody was talking about it. It used to be a lot, a lot bigger than than it, than it is now. Yeah, of course, you walk that middle aisle a couple times, of course, of the day, and your feet start hurting, and you think you've walked 25 miles in the process. But mm-hmm. um, it, it feels like it, it, it gets big. But, yeah, it was a great show, a lot of fun, good to see a lot of folks um and and whatnot so let's talk about you and 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 this year i mean your rookie season on the elite series um what were your expectations going into this season when you started off on uh, on the st john's down in florida and you know really when we started out i i I really i really did only have one go i just i just wanted to make make the classic fix the classic and uh where everything else just kind of fell where it fell but you know, getting that rookie of the year—that that was just uh, kind of come out of nowhere, right there at the end end of the season. Because I was, you know, I was so far out at one time, I I kind of kind of lost hope for it, or, or kind of quit shooting for it. You know, I was just, like, you know, I was kind of I was only within maybe three or four points, three or four guys inside the classic. So that that was my number one focus, and uh, and it was as far as the goals that was like again that was the only goal that i had to begin with so so coming out coming at the end of the year with with both of them was uh it was very good pretty cool deal yeah well let's talk a little bit about your year because i and i mean i'm not not trying to beat you up here but i mean dude you were up and down and up and down and up and down it seemed like all year (laughs) i mean you started off with an 18th st john's and then you go to the Tennessee River and had a had a fifty eighth, then the twenty third at Pickwick, then a fifty seventh at Sabine. Which, listen, Tennessee River and Sabine, I, I get it, right? I, I get it completely. But then a sixteenth at Fork, then do the eighty first at Neely Henry. Now you're a Bama boy. Do you not fish Neely much? You know I don't. <laughs> I, I have I've got some experience there, and uh, I fished. I don't know several four, five, six BFL type tournaments there over the years but i just you know i never go there uh i think a lot of people thought i was gonna be a, a local favorite there but uh you know i just had a lot of stuff not go my way on that one uh is you know it's 100 my fault uh you know we had the the night the two days before the tournament started you know it came up came a flood oh, yeah. and i think the water came up almost four feet and uh the first day of the tournament uh I think I did okay the first day. I think I might have been in the top 30 or top 40. And uh, that second day, I just kind of let my head come unglued and uh, went where I wasn't supposed to go and just uh, just kind of got kind of got sideways and, and never could make anything happen. Uh, you know, like I said, it's 100% my fault. But I think, I think if I just hadn't – had had no experience on that lake, I, I, I would have probably done a little bit better than what I did. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, some of these lakes you've been to, you've got quite a bit of experience. Does that that tend to uh, hinder you some, like fishing history or fishing fishing stuff you've fished before? I think it does to me sometimes. I, I've always said I like going to going to strange lakes or lakes I ain't never been to. and seems like I've, I've just got a good track record, you know, going – going somewhere I'm unfamiliar with over the last few years, uh, especially for like fishing open levels too. And, you know, having that local knowledge, is, is, it can hurt you a lot of times, and yeah, I think it can help you too. Sure. 
But uh, Neely Henry just didn't turn out real good, and then uh, <laughs> I at, that that was the tournament I kind of thought I'd you know blew my chance at the at the rookie of the year and, and the classic. You know, I was so far out of the classic thing that I, I really had to kind of scrap my way you know back inside that cut line. Right. Right. Well, you did that well. I mean, you, you bounced back with a 30-30 at Gunnersville, then a 54th at Champlain. And going into St. Lawrence, um, I know it was either KJ or Justin that were that was leading rookie of the year at that point. And, um, dude, you had a solid 22nd at St. Lawrence to claim that deal. Were you – when did you realize at what point at Champlain or at St. Lawrence did you realize you had a shot at rookie of the year? It was definitely in St. Lawrence. Uh, I think after the first day, I'd, I was in 19th place, and uh, my travel partner told me that, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't even looking at the results or the standings or anything at that point, you know. And uh, they said, "You're, you got. I think you're inside the classic now, you know, pretty good." And he said something about the rookie of the year. I didn't think anything about it. So <laughs> after the second day of St. Lawrence, uh, I moved up a few more places like 17th and uh i looked that that night and uh it showed me like i had like a two-point lead and and you know in the rookie of the year and i was shocked you know i was like i can't believe i came back that that far you know <laughs> so that, that was that was the point that i realized that uh that i still had a shot so that that put a lot with some more pressure on me that saturday to to go out there and and really try to make it happen uh, by then, you know, I, I pretty much knew I, I was in the classic, so uh, I could go out there and give it all, I, give it all I could to try to get that rookie. So let's talk about that 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 cut day, uh, that that third day at St. Lawrence. I mean, you realize you're in the classic, and you're not going to slip any further than that, so you're good. What kind of a feeling was that for you? You know, it, it was good. I, it kind of changed my my plans up. I, I was actually wanting to uh, run all the way out to the lake, you know, and uh, that's where a lot of the guys were, were catching some of the bigger stringers that was in the top ten. And my game plan was, you know, to I was going to start out that morning if I could catch, you know, eighteen or nineteen pounds before nine o'clock, like I'd been doing every day. I was just I was going to go ahead and make the run out to the lake, right? And. Uh, and uh, try to make a make a real big push, try to catch a big string. And I really thought I think Justin was behind me, and uh, I really thought Justin uh, would try to do that too. I, I figured he'd try to run out to the lake to, to really try to. You know, I think he only had to catch you know maybe a, a pound more than what I had, and, and he would have got it. So I had a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I, luckily I made the decision to kind of hang out and. And stay where I was at. I only had 17 pounds that day, but it was it wound up being just enough. Right, an 11 point win over uh, over Hamner, and I mean, I know Brian New led this thing really from start to about Champlain, and I think the wheels started to come off the bus for him. So you guys are able to jump up there and kind of take advantage of that. But talk about, uh, I mean, 11 point win over that. So I mean, rookie of the year, 27 place in points. Um, actually tied with, uh, I would assume a teammate there and, and Matt Heron. So, I mean, mm. uh, you got to look at this year as a, as a success for you. I, I, f- I really feel like it was, you know, I, I still feel like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have just a crazy spectacular year or anything, but I just, uh, you know, other than that one tournament, I stayed pretty consistent, you know, uh, just, I stayed in there kind of where I needed to be. So, you know, after, I think after, 
finishing 27th in AOI and, and making the classic, it, it makes me feel, gives me, I guess, a little bit more confidence for next year that, that uh, I feel like I, I can compete, you know, against all these guys that I've seen, you know, watched over the years. So, sure. uh, again, just having a, having a confidence for next year uh, is, is probably the, the biggest key for me after having a good year this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kenneth? Well, you know, I'll, I'll take a little exception to CB's comment about up and down. Uh, I think it's typical for a rookie to be up and down. Uh, you guys are, are not – this is a kind of a different deal. You you fish more regional, local type stuff, and you're kind of thrown into competing with these Elite Series guys that unless you're a rookie, you've been doing it for a few years, some of many years. You know, it's the travel to these different lakes that you're not familiar with and trying to pick it up on a short short time frame. It's a bit of a learning curve, so – I think if Chris was to look at the standings of everybody else around you, he's going to see the I, same thing. No, look, I'm not. I'm not picking on the kid. I'm just saying, I, you know, you look at the numbers, and I, that's I just, all. So I, I just thought I'd point that out. But, I'm just know. keeping it real over here, KG. That's all I'm doing. All right, I'm, I'm not picking it on real him. Too. I'm not picking on him. So, all right, but but in in saying that, you know, I, obviously, I, I well. Tell us how many of these tournaments was on the schedule this year that were lakes that you'd never been to, and then tell us kind of how you prepared for those lakes. What did you do ahead of time, and you know how did you kind of get it to where you could narrow it down within a couple of days of practice and, and find what you need to find? Yeah, you know, uh, Neely Henry for sure. Uh, I think Neely and Gunnersville. I'm pretty sure that that was the only two lakes that that I've been to prior. Uh, I, I, you know, I live in Alabama. When we, uh, we went to Pick Week, that was my first time in the Pick Week, so that kind of shows you. I, I never, I've never really ventured up toward, you know, north of Birmingham. I've always kind of been a, a Birmingham South kind of guy when I, growing up and, and fishing. But uh, uh, Pick Week was new. Uh, I think I think it was just Neely and uh, Neely and Gunnersville. So, so the rest of them were brand new lakes, and uh, I, I think you know. One reason that uh, that we talked about earlier that I feel like I've done done pretty good just by you know not knowing all these lakes, all these guys that we that we fish against, they've been to these lakes five, six, seven, or eight times over the years, and right, and at different times of the year, so they, they just they they definitely got a leg up. But uh, that, that just goes back to, to show you that just because you've been to a lake several times or no you know no things about it doesn't mean you're always you know gonna gonna do good so so um so you know give, give us an example of what you do ahead of time do you do map studies do you google earth I mean, what, what do you do ahead of time like st lawrence river before you went there what did you do ahead of time to kind of get an idea of how you needed to go through practice yeah it's pretty much just google earth and uh you know just searching the internet looking at retirement results um uh, reading about the tournament history up there it's Nowadays, there's so much you study so much about a lake without you know without ever getting off your couch. So, right. um, and the St. Lawrence is another one of those lakes that Bass has been to so many times over the years. Uh, MLF too. So, it wasn't you know it wasn't real hard to to kind of feel halfway comfortable when I when I showed up to Champlain St. Lawrence. I kind of kind of felt like I've been there even though I hadn't just because I've done so much studying sitting at home on the, on the internet and Google Earth. Sure. Right. Sure. Josh, what, um, let's, I mean, 
fishing the opens in 2020, I mean, you had what 225, 250 boats in most of those tournaments, and there were some sticks in those in those events that would you know make a lot of guys really think twice about their life decisions. You know, fishing for a living. And, you know, you qualified through that. I mean, a second place at Kissimmee, 18th at Hartwell, which I'll come back to, third at Cherokee, then 29th at LA. So, I mean, you had a really, really strong year last year in a weird year, right, through, uh, through the Opens. But talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the competition because you had a heck of a rookie, se- or, uh, a rookie class coming in this year. But then you had guys like Christie and Hackney and uh, Justin Atkins, uh, Scott Martin, that – I mean, first year on the elites, you know, or a couple of them coming back, but a couple of them, you know, brand new, but really weren't rookies. Talk a little bit about the competition, how it's compared to everything else you've fished in the past. It's definitely the, the strongest competition I've ever had. What what amazes me uh, is how how fast got how fast these guys figure things out. You know, we, we've got two and a half, three days of practice and. Uh, it seems like every every lake we went to by the second day, I might kind of get a, uh, an idea or a feel what's going on, or maybe what to look for when I'm driving up down the lake. Then I'll start looking, and e- everything that looks right that I, I think I can go catch a fish on, I'll look up and there'll be a boat there. <laughs> I'll keep driving. I, n- next place I, I say, okay, I think I can catch one here. This looks kind of like what I've been been fishing. I look up. There'll be two boats there. These guys figured these are guys already figured out before I have, you know. Right. So I think then just figuring stuff out so quick on the fly uh, just really amazes me. And the competition in the opens were, you know, it's a lot different there just because a lot of those guys they'll practice for like a week, you know, right. uh, leading up up to a tournament. Then you got the local guys too that's that, that's in the opens, but uh. You know, every every year in the opens, uh, if you look at the top ten in results, you know, a lot of times half of them are are elite guys. You know, already elite guys. So that just shows you how good these guys are at going to these places and and being able to outfish the local 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 guys and and on the elites just figuring stuff out within a within a day or two. No matter whether or not they've ever been there or not, they can just figure it out and, and go and 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 be good enough to win the tournament. You know, sure. What changed in your, I guess, maybe your practice strategy or your planning and prep after the first tournament or two, what changed in you, you know, when you, you know, once you realized, you know, man, these guys can really figure it out fast. Did anything change for you strategy-wise or practice-wise or or pre-planning than what you've been doing in the past to kind of either get you up to speed or to help you? Yeah, I think especially the first couple, of, maybe even the first two or three tournaments, uh, I tried to overthink things a lot. I had to, I tried to have too many things going on at one time. I trying to figure out, and I, I'd have you know somewhere between twenty and twenty five rods out on the deck every day during practice. And I was always, it seemed like I was trying to find a backup plan before I found the, my first game plan. You know, right and. Uh, I think as the season went on, I, I, I actually, especially in practice, I, I, I tried to simplify things a lot more than what I what I was doing when I first started out. Uh, I'd kind of, kind of tell myself a direction I wanted to go or how I wanted to fish the tournament, and I just kind of stick to it, you know. 
and just fish real simple and try not to run around all over the place, kind of pick pick a couple areas out and just fish those instead of trying to look at the whole lake. These, a lot of these places that we went to, they were just so big, you, you can't not ever been been there before. Right. You just can't hardly, you can't look at the whole lake. You just waste too much time looking instead of fishing and trying to, actually trying to figure out, you know, how to catch a fish instead of what everything looks like. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Kenneth, another one? No. Now, not to add pressure or anything, <laughs> uh, but, you know, historically, uh, each year the guy that wins rookie, rookie of the year tends to have a pretty nice long career. Um, wh- what do you think you, you've taken out of this that, that may help you confidence-wise going forward and uh, trying to help solidify you for a long, long time? You know, I, I hope you're right to begin with, but uh, I, I really want to do it, you know, for a living, and that's all I want to do is I just want to make a living doing it. Uh, not trying to – I'm not looking to be a, some big superstar making a bunch of money. If I can just – get where I could fish and, and make a decent living doing it, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to move up from there, you know, uh, winning the rookie of the year. I think it, it's got, gave me the confidence. Uh, I hope it gave me a little bit of a, maybe uh, I guess it looks good on my resume to help, help look for, you know, potential sponsors for next year. Cause, uh, that's one thing I found out that, you know, it's a sponsor deal is you, you really can't do it without them. Uh, I've heard guys talk about it over the years, but, it's just so hard to survive if you don't have have some good good companies backing you up, you know. Uh, so, I, winning the rookie of the year, uh, I think will help help me get that get that side done and uh, and the confidence side too to to keep on keep on going for the years to come. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. How do you feel about uh, the 2022 schedule that was announced last week? You know, I haven't looked at it a whole lot. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, we're going back to two or three of the places that we went to this year. Then the rest of them uh, are all new lakes for me. Uh, the South Dakota tournament, that, that's, that's going to be the, the kind of question mark. Uh, <laughs> I know some of these guys have been to that lake, but uh, not too sure about that one. But the rest of them, I think it's going to be it's going to be a big fish tournament. I think there's probably going to be a lot of this, shallow water probably going to be a lot of uh uh spawning uh sight fishing sure especially in the first three or four uh not counting the classic so uh i think it's for a shallow water guy especially a sight fisherman guy i think this is going to be a real good schedule for those, <laughs> for those guys well for you too but i mean you're one of those guys so it's not like uh, I hope it, so. it's, it's, <laughs> it's not those guys and you it's all y'all i mean you're one of those guys tell me i, I probably should have led with this and I'm, I'm sorry i'm still a little uh still a little tired from last week but what where did you cut your teeth i mean what tournament trails did you you know excel in you know prior to going to the opens and um and qualifying for the elite i um the BFLs, the MLF BFLs, I fished those for, uh, shoot, man, it's probably been eight or ten years ago when I first started fishing those. And uh, just here in Alabama, uh, the BFL, Bama Division, uh, I fished some of the Georgias. Uh, so that, that's kind of where I cut my teeth and uh, getting this whole thing started. And uh, I, I still enjoy fishing them, you know. I wish I could fish more of them this year than what, than what I did. 
Sure. So I fished, I fished those for, like I said, eight or 10 years. And, uh, I fished the opens years ago one time and didn't probably didn't have any business fishing them. And, uh, I didn't do any good at all. And, uh, I think I tried them again. Uh, it wasn't too long after that. So I, I, I've tried the opens, uh, two or three times. And, uh, last year I was like, I'm going to try them one more, one more time. I think that was my third time. And, uh, wind up qualifying well third time to charm that's for sure and uh bringing home a rookie of the year award your rookie season that certainly didn't hurt anything did it <laughs> no i'm proud of it <laughs> well bud we're proud of you and uh excited for your career like kenneth said i mean rookie of the year guys have tend to tend to go on and have a uh, a nice long career in this sport especially on the elite series so we uh we certainly hope that's true for you and um dude we just we appreciate your time and excited for you and congratulations to you and look forward to seeing you down the road next year when it all comes back around so hey i hope so too i, I really enjoyed it i appreciate y'all having me on absolutely but take care we'll talk to you soon okay thanks chris thanks bud see you well, guys there he is your rookie of the year josh Straysner. and uh good dude i mean good alabama boy kenneth i mean been around for a long time Fished a bunch of different stuff, but um, you know, cut his teeth into BFLs. I've always, I've always told people, and I've always had buddies throughout my career, right, that want to go pro and want to just want to do that, and like they're really good at team stuff, right? They do really well when fishers of men, I a bass trail or whatever. And they're like, I want to go pro, I want to go pro, I'm gonna go do this, and I, I, I've told a bunch of them. I've only fished BFLs, you know, for a couple of years, but I always tell them, dude, go fish the BFLs. Get somebody in the back of the boat that ain't gonna help you, but ain't you know, and but ain't gonna you know, it's not his you know his weight ain't gonna help nothing for you, but you know go go start making decisions on your own, and and see how that works. And I mean, you fish BFLs, you fish Toyota Series stuff. It's a different world than fishing team tournaments, isn't it? Oh yeah, and, and if but if you're gonna go to the Elite Series, you have to go through that process you because. Do. You don't have any help there. You may have a travel partner that, you know, make, you know, can help you kind of narrow down some things. But when you're in that boat in practice, your practice day and in tournament day, it is based on your decision and your decision only. You're going to you're going to be successful or fail based on the decisions you make during the day. Right. And the only way you can learn that is to put yourself in that position ahead of time. Yeah, and he fished the Bama Division BFL. Historically, Bama Division of BFL has has been one of the most competitive. Yeah, you know of the BFLs. Right. So you know he's definitely put in the time. He's had the competition. He's had success, and he's just been continuing that as he moves up. Yeah, very good dude. Um, excited to see him come from behind and, and win that Rookie of the Year. And I wasn't picking on him about it being up and down. I mean, you're right; they're all up and down, right? But, I mean, you know, look, Brian New won the first one, so he was up, and then he was down the rest of the time, right? Because he – but, I mean, he had a good year. He had a really good year. And, um, of course, that 18th at St. John's, 16th at 4th, and 22nd at, at uh, St. Lawrence didn't hurt anything for him. So, and 23rd at Pickwick either. That's certainly a, a good deal. But, uh, I mean, he had a heck of a crowd to contend with this year. Uh, that's for sure. So, it's well, always fun and, and watching the rookies. And just like you said, I mean, just to get to the lead series, what he had to go through in the oh, opens. God. I mean, he, he fished probably the strongest open oh, fields ever. Yes, for sure. 
you know, and made it that way. So yeah, competition, you know, he's, he's been able to get through that. That's not a problem. Yeah, that's for sure. So take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about some iCast wrap up. We'll look at uh, some other things on the schedule as well. Do some new pickums. Hey Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason. Not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries. And not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglers channel and use our special promo code anglers channel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mentioned they also offer fast and free shipping. You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I've been brought to you by our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse. Time for the Sportsman's Warehouse Bass Wrap-Up. Sportsman's Warehouse, your hunting and your fishing and outdoor store. Excuse me. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Fishing and outdoor store. Find out more sportsmans.com or visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse. Uh, before I do that, though, I got to there's I, I got to give a big shout out to a couple guys. Um, there was a guy at Sportsman's that has recently resigned, moving on to bigger and better things. His name is Alex Tweedy. Alex was very instrumental a couple years ago, and um, they had a big change in management at Sportsman's, and and he stood up for Angler's Channel. So hey, these guys are good. Going to keep them around, and uh, big thanks to Alex. Alex is moving on this week to uh, some bigger and better things. So Alex. Uh, excited for you! Congratulations on your new position, and uh, we wish you well. And I gotta—I'll be—you know—you gotta welcome or gotta congratulate our buddy uh, from White River Marine Group, uh, Ranger Boats, uh, Scott Arms, aka Spanky. Spanky's moving on to a bigger and better job. With uh, I think he's still within the industry. He's just no longer part of White River Marine Group. But uh, moving on on his own accord and doing some bigger and better things. So, Spanks, thanks for all the love. 
over the past few years. Uh, I know we'll see you around again, but appreciate all you've done for us uh, and for Angler's Channel and for myself. So uh, to Scott and Alex, congratulations on your new roles, and uh, we wish you guys both well and uh, excited to see what you do here in the future. All right, Sports and Warehouse Bass Wrap-Up, David. Take it away. It's been a fun month. I'm assuming you're talking about for you because I'm assuming I'm still going to – I mean, I like the back of the bus, but uh, first up is the MLF or Big Hey, you five. know what? As long as the air condition's cold, I'm going to drive. Okay, we're good. <laughs> All right, keep on going. All right, so BF, BFL – Buckeye, Mosquito. Um, Mosquito Lake. Yeah. And uh, with a winning weight of 1605, I don't know if it's Kyle Knopf or Kyle Knopf, but Kyle caught 1605 to take the win there. Kyle Knopf or Knopf, I like it, 1605. Teddy Helton wins the U-Pick'em with 1604 for a point there. And I will tell you, this moves Teddy into a current tie for first place because he already had a point from one of the other events this month. So Teddy and Brandon Black currently tied for first place at two points apiece. All right. Uh, You said you did not have the ABA Open Series on Old Hickory. All I can tell you is a guy by the name of Hopkins won five fish for $14.98. I had to check it. It was a five-fish deal. A little surprise at Old Hickory being a five-fish at $14.98. But Henry Engler... With 1456 grabs the point. And I did not mention the fact that I won the first point with a what's my my writing there? 1510. And David won that point with 1344. So score one for the good guys there. So <laughs> all right. New Jersey Bass on Hoppet Kong. New Jersey Bass Federation, they were on Hoppet Kong, and the winner there caught. Or is it here? Thirteen seventy-five, and that was Russell Awad or Awad. Thirteen seventy-five. Thirteen seventy-five for, for Awad. Don Estes with twelve fifty-eight for the win in the U Pickums, and we were all over, boys. Way over, if I if my memory serves me right. We were all over on that one, so no points awarded in our little group. But um, all right, so Collins bash for cash on uh, Falls Lake. Yeah, so uh, I guess the fishing must be really, really good there because it took 28.39 by the team of Paul Owens and Tyler Fagger. They caught 28.39 with a 7.99 kicker in their uh, creel there, but 28.39. 7.99 kicker, wow, that's uh, that's awesome. David Irwin grabbed the point there with a 28.07 out of our group. Uh, are out of the U Pickums, and then uh, Michelle grabbed the point with twenty one ten out of our group. So but that's the only point she got this week. Just FYI. So hmm. yeah, that's it. So all right, and then uh, the kayak on Pickwick. You know, I got one more shout out here though. Our boy Kyle Jesse from Bass. I don't think Kyle listens to the show, but <laughs> Kyle, I, I he should he 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 really should. And he might. I don't know, but anyway. I'm walking through the, I don't know, one of the little cafeterias that I cast last week, and Kyle sees me and, like, you know, three rows away, comes running over to me uh, to say hello. I met Kyle for the first time at the Classic on the water, um, uh, boat to boat. And so, runner, we talked for, for a bit, but I was like, everywhere I went, Kyle was there. He, he passed me every day, it seemed like, at the Classic. 
And then we were even trading, you know, Instagram messages back and forth or stories on, you know, seats on a plane trying to get home. He lands at like, he gets to Birmingham at like, I don't know, midnight on Friday night. And then he's up driving to Pickwick to cover the, the kayak event on Saturday. So Kyle's a machine. So Kyle, thanks for all you do for, uh, for bass and especially the kayak guys, because had I not gotten COVID last year and giving you that kayak deal, you wouldn't have got that cover photo for bass bastard. And, um, <laughs> you, uh, and you, but you get to cover them all now. So congratulations. So he did got a, got a cover photo out of that deal. So anyway, what do you got, David? All right. So Joshua deal, he had a pretty consistent uh, limit there, but his, he caught 92 and a half inches to take the win there on Pigwick. That's that's pretty good. Did uh, our boy McElroy, how did he do? Did he have the standings there at all? I didn't, I didn't even look to see. He must be further see. down. I didn't even look to see. But here's, I didn't see anything on social media. I'm wondering if he fished that. He may not have. <laughs> here's the funny thing about this one, David, is uh, he had 92 and a half inches you and I had 91 inches combined or total. Mm. You and I both tied on that one. So you and I both get a point for that one. Mm. And then um, I said Teddy Hilton and Brandon Black were in a tie for first. Uh-oh. Yeah. Brandon Black and James Rice, 92 and a quarter. Both of them get the point. Brandon moves ahead of Teddy by one point going into the final week of the July you pick them. And everybody's been asking what the prize is for July. And you know what, guys? I still don't know. But I got my hand. Don't shake your head at me, Kenneth Grover. It's been a busy month, all right? I got my hands in a few different places, in a few different treasure boxes, trying to get my hands on something really badass for July. So just wait for it. I still got a week to figure it out. I even gave you an idea of something to bring back from ICAST. You know what? You know what, Kenneth? It's got to be now, real. I mean, now that can't be the only thing. It needs to go with it. Well, we got we we we're we're working on a few things, right? I try. You can ask David. I try really hard to steal some stuff, especially that Millennium seat with the umbrella. I really try to steal that, <laughs> get it out. But no. So, um, so yeah. So Brandon Black and James Rice tie for that one, ninety-two and a quarter. So Brandon takes a one-point lead over that. Travis Harper gets the uh, no. Sorry, that was that was those guys. ABA Open Series on Thousand Islands, right? This was a week or two ago. R. Latinville won that event with 25.83. Travis Harper won the U Pick'em with 24.37. And I grabbed the point there with 24 even on my guess. So, yes, Kenneth, I was smiling because I won that one. I did. And, I, and I've been sitting on that one for uh, for a little bit. Because I, I found it and just didn't want to say anything. So, as of right now, I have a very nice lead of three points over Mr. Grover, who has four. David, who moved up with four. And Michelle's got three going into the final week of the season here. Or final week of July, rather. Final week of July. Where we have the MLF Pro Circuit on the St. Lawrence River. It's a four-day event, so make sure you guess accordingly. Then we have the Bassmaster Open Series on Oneida, a three-day event. Then the Wild West Bass Trail on the Columbia River, also a three-day event. The Cash and Rods uh, Pro Tour on Champlain, that's a one-day event. 
and the Ohio Bass Nation event on Erie. That's their championship, I believe. That's a two-day event. So um, by the time this airs on Thursday, time is up. But go ahead and get your picks in. If um, Well, you can't because it'll air on Thursday. It won't air on Wednesday night as we record this. So we're a daylight and a dollar short here as usual. So, But uh, that's your uh, that's your Sports and Warehouse Bass wrap-up. You pick them for the week. Take another quick little break, pay a couple of bills, and we come back, we'll do some news and notes brought to you by Humbird, Mincota, Raptor, and Talon Shallow Water Anchors, and uh, talk a little iCast, a little St. Lawrence River action. And, uh, I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Insider Podcast Southern brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. I mentioned it before. The future of marine charging is here. Find out more at dualpro.com. And until August 15th, use the code Angler. You got two weeks. Use the code Angler for 25% off your battery charge purchases. You can get anything from dualpro.com you need. Use the code Angler, 25% off. I mean, that's a hell of a deal on a dual pro, dual power, or the new um, the new pro series I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, or the boss system, which is badass. So make sure you, uh, you use that. All right, David, let's talk a little bit about ICAST last week. You and I were there, do a little recap. We know our buddies at Johnson Outdoors with the Mega Live won the electronics category. The Chick Magnet was a winner, I think, for Crankbaits from Strike King. Uh, and then the Gilly from Pure Fishing won Best of Show, which was kind of crazy. But uh, we'll take it. Kenneth, you were sitting at home, kind of arm, you know, armchair quarterback in this deal, you know, kind of pushing David in places. I, every time I look up, he'd get a text, and it's like, oh, I got to go look at this for KG. I mean, I don't know, David, how many miles did you walk last week? What were your steps? Do you, do you have that total? Do you know? I, I have to double check. It wasn't as much as I thought it was. I mean, 
because I guess like you said, I got pulled into some meetings. So I, I had a few, you know, I guess a few breaks throughout the day to sit down and get off my feet for a bit there. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, like you said, the show was a tad bit smaller than it normally is as well. And so with that, you know, less stuff to see. Sure. But yeah. It was good though. It was definitely good. Okay. Um, Kenneth, you were at home watching everything via social media, you and Burl. And um, what what did you see that inspired you, got you excited, got you fired up for, for bass fishing in 2022? Well, you know, I, historically, every year, the bait, the bait that ends up or the, the most awarded bait, or and it's usually the, the best of show, kind of makes me scratch my head and wonder how in the world did that win best of show? It's usually some oddball thing that you know is not going to ever be effective, you know, in use. Anglers are not going to buy it. This year, I think, is a completely different story. I think I kind of gave you guys a heads up of the ghillie beforehand. You did. You did. I- I'd seen I- I'd seen some videos of it in the water. Um, I, you know, I had a little bit of an idea of, of what it looked like, how it worked. And I thought it might be something that could be effective. Um, you know, once we saw the chick magnet come out and I saw some videos of that, you know, late in ICAST, um, and it's not surprising from Strike King. I mean, Strike King, what they've done in their crankbaits the last, well, several years, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be good. And based on, you know, what I've seen on social media since then, there's a lot of people interested in that bait. Yeah. Yeah. So I think both of those baits will be something that will be effective and, and will be sellers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The the gilly, you know, we saw some some videos from Mike and Ellie on it and a few others. It, it looked looked pretty interesting. And then when you saw it in the water there in a tank they had, it was like, hmm, this is, this is you know, it, 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 it kind of made your head turn. I'm not going to say game changer, but it kind of made your head turn. I went, huh, that's, that's pretty cool. So – um, I agree. David, what was high on your list of, of cool new things that you saw? Um, I'm not sure if it was necessarily cool, but since we're on the topic of Berkeley, I, uh, I know I shot some as, content for as it. As is melting in front of our face up there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but um, no, but one thing I thought that was uh, quite interesting, at least from uh, the pure fishing side, was that um, – so they, this year they went big on jigs, right? So they had swim jigs, football jigs, skipping jigs and whatnot. But one thing I thought that was very interesting about their jigs is that they, their skirts have power bait infusion yes. into it. Yes. So that was something, again, I, I, I don't know if there's anything else out there like that in terms of uh, a skirt material that has the scent uh, already infused into the material, into the skirt itself. But I thought that was quite interesting. It's not as strong as you would think it would be in terms of the overall sense. So it's not like if you had a jig box and you open it off, it was a whole jig box that might be different, but it was quite interesting. Well, if you'd have had Bobby Lane shove that jig up your nose like he did to me, you'd still be smelling. Because I do. I still smell. And that probably may be the source of my migraines from the past four days is the smell of power bait because he literally shoved the bait up my nose to smell it when we were talking to him. So, um, no, you're right. That was that was a very cool deal. Um, you know, well, soft- it's, it's, it's less material than a piece of plastic. It is. It's not going to hold as much scent. It is. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But I'm like you, David. You got a whole jig box full of that stuff. I bet it kind of 
you know, saturates a little bit and kind of moves around, I, I bet it would be, uh, be pretty good stuff. Personally, and this is a product I've never looked at because it's always been out of my price range. And, uh, and, and I made this comment to several people, um, you know, being an old Strike King guy um, for, you know, 10, 11 years like I was, it's all between my ears. That's, that's a confidence bait for me, right? That's stuff that I throw, I have confidence in. I spent a, I mean, I spent a lot of time. I bled, you know, teal and navy there for a long time with Strike King before they changed the colors and uh, still do to a point. But I saw a few different baits this week. You know, there's a couple of baits from Big Bite that I saw that I thought, hmm, okay, that's that's pretty cool. And the funny thing is, is it's stuff that I've heard about for years, years. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a striking guy, right? I'm not, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I know. But there's some stuff that I'm like, you know what, I throw that. I try that one time and see what it does, right? I would venture out of my out of my uh, my my, uh, my little box. But another one was... And this is funny. I'll get to this in a few minutes. But the um, what's the suspense is, it, is killing me? Is it really <laughs> evergreen? Isn't that isn't that what it is? Evergreen International? Isn't the that jig? What, yeah, yeah. The buzz bait? No. Well, the buzz bait was cool. The blade on that it, it looked it looked it, it the way the the wire went through the blade. Um, it just looked different to me. It looked impressive. Um, it, the whole bait just looked different, right? But then the swim jig is really what caught my eye because of the keel, the way the head's made. And the buzzbait's got that too. And a lot of you guys are going, CB, you dipshit. They've had this forever. And I'm sure they have, right? I don't look at it. I'm, I'm one-dimensional in a lot of my tackle, and I hate it, and I'm learning to get better at it. But I saw some of that stuff, and I'm like, you know, this is – I really thought about it. This is a, a good-looking piece. And, um, you know, there was some stuff there that – I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be spending a lot of money at Sportsman's Warehouse, you know, this fall when I, when it, when I get back to fishing because it um, – some stuff there that, that really kind of got me excited about getting back on the water again. So, really did. But that's, that's my two cents right there. Kenneth, I know your suspense was killing you on that. But I saw some rods and reels. I saw some stuff from Lou's that I'm really excited about. There's, you know, some new colors from Strike King that uh, I'm really excited about. The chick magnet is uh, is very, very cool. Um, you know, all the way down to that Millennium butt seat that we looked at. That I'm like, okay, I got to try one of these. Not because Swindle uses it or Drew Benton or whoever, but because I leaned against it and, and – played with it and i'm like yeah and here's the funny thing kenneth i look at it and the fact that how is this going to help me fishing right and david looks at it going well he could put a laptop and an ipad and a camera on that and it ain't gonna go nowhere All right so that's important based it, on the stuff that you do it is it is important but it was funny the way that kind of that kind of went so if you've it not kind of goes back to what i said earlier he's, he's having to cover your hind end a few times <laughs> wow Wow. Yeah, he is. He is. Hey, listen, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying this because he's on Zoom, because I can hit the button right now and end his call uh, very, very fast, right? I edit this show, so it, I can do this. But, um, you know, John, uh, my business partner, Vance McCullough, who does some writing for us and some video work, and David uh, all went down last week. And, uh, I mean, David and I endured, you know, 
life-threatening plane rides to Orlando once we all finally got there and then waiting in the, you know, the heat for the, for the rental car guy and everything. And, um, then finally, you know, we even survived Wawa. We ate at Wawa Tuesday night and survived that, which was actually a really good sandwich. And hey, go Bucks! Right, go Bucks! We made it back in time to watch the Bucks win the NBA championship and all that good jazz. But um, you know, big shout out to David. There's, there's, you know, Kenneth, you put up with me and all of my shit when we're filming ABT, right? I mean, because I'm, I'm bouncing off the wall in four different places. David's been with us for one of those events, you know, and he was at ICAST a couple of years ago, but in a different role and didn't spend, you know, spent time with us, but not a lot. And then, but this year he was like glued to my hip for four days, three and a half days. And he really got to see some stuff that was like, wow, I don't know how this guy even functions, let alone makes a living. Or, you know, I know you think I've, I've lost my, my, my mind a lot of times, David, but um, dude, kudos to you and Vance for, uh, for busting your ass and for you for uh, keeping me straight in a lot of places because it was, it, you know, the best part was, Kenneth, is, you know, David would hand the guy, we, we'd go to a meeting or we'd meet somebody and we'd do something. I introduce David, he'd hand him a business card, right? He'd hand him the card. They'd be like, oh, you're the social media guy. Hang on a minute. And they'd be like, hey. And they call somebody over. And he goes, hey, talk to him about, you know, let's do some social media stuff and strategy and all this stuff. And David's like turning white, right? He's just, he's white. <laughs> but the best part of the whole deal, and you'll see this coming up on a, on a uh, English Channel Bass wrap-up. We had a script. We had to do a TV show while we were there, right? So we have a script. We got to do Which opens, I never closes. Got. You never got the script because it was <laughs> me and John going to do the whole show, right? I just needed you and Vance just to monitor the camera. And so we're bouncing around the show. We're going to different booths while we're having, you know, just a little different background. You know, you know how Kenny likes it, Kenneth. You know, we got to have different backgrounds and make it look good and make it look cool. So we're bouncing around, and uh, we we get to the Strike King Loose booth, and. Um, there's Van Dam standing there doing a video. So you know how spur of the moment I am, Kenneth. I'm like, you know what? Here we go. This, this is prime time. This is what we're going to do. So he finishes a video. He looks up. He sees me. And he's like, hey, CB. So we start talking. I said, you got time to do one more of those? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, you know, he didn't say that. He looked at Sherry. And Sherry said, yep, you're good. You're good. Do one more. So he's like, He's like, yeah, I got time. So he grabs the rods. I hand the microphone to David, and I said, here's what you do, right? And I told him. And the funny part was is he's trying to listen. He's trying to take it all in. The band was like, come on, man, you got this. We're, you got this. We're good. David's in full bore, you know, hold the camera, you talk type of mode, right? He ain't, he ain't in the whole get in front of the camera talk mode, right? There is a difference. So what does he do? He takes a big, deep breath. He runs his hand in front of his face like, Okay, let's do it. And he steps in, and he introduces himself and the show and Van Dam and hell, golden, just golden, totally, but, but totally but freaked you, him out. You knew that was going to happen when you handed him the microphone. I did. That's why I handed it to him because I knew I knew it was going to happen. Right? On I'm the all, cutting room floor. <laughs> nope. Perfect. I called Kenny the next day. I said, "Hey, here's what I did." He's like, "Perfect. Can't wait to see it. Love it." So we're good. We're in good shape, so um, I, very. Uh, I, I'm I'm just impressed he's got business cards. <laughs> well, 
a lot to do. That was a, that was a big doing there for sure. So that was uh, that was <laughs> that, that was some good stuff. So, but no, great show. Had a lot of fun. Good to see folks. Met a lot of new folks. Met a lot of uh, met a lot of sponsors that we hadn't seen before. Met a lot of uh, a lot of potential partners and sponsors coming up. So. Hopefully we'll have a uh, have a great um, great off season here coming up. Working on sponsors and renewals and everything. Very excited about the uh, about the weeks and months to come uh, for Angler's Channel. All right, so finale for the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit MLF FLW, and I won't even go into the conversations that went on at the show with regards to me and MLF. We're going to leave those at because Joe Pickett listens to the show. I love Joe to death, and uh, we'll leave it at that. It was a good time. But um, uh, currently, going in St. Lawrence River, top 50 will qualify for the title. Top 50 qualify for the title. David shaking his head, yes, that means I'm on target. 12 of the top 25 are BPT pros. 10 of the top 20. Five of the top ten are current MLF BPT pros. Have been to St. Lawrence one time before. I didn't look at the date, but I'm pretty sure it was outside of the 30-day off-limit period. Correct, David? feel pretty certain it was outside of the 30-day off-limit period uh, for this. So they should be in good shape. But Bubble Boy right now in 50th place, Matt Reed with 664 points. Um, below him, Matthew Steffen, James Niggemeyer, John Hunter, Jimmy Reese, Blake Smith, Kyle Gells, sorry, Kyle, Kyle Cortiana, Timmy Horton, Jared McMillan, and Jason Reyes round out the top 60 or 50 through 60 there. And then looking down the list, I kind of highlighted a couple of guys. Uh, Jacopo Galelli, he's 20 points back with 644 points. Kyle Lane is 19 back, and Kyle Hall um, is a little bit closer with 653 points in 60 seconds. So, really, I would think if you're outside of that top 25 where Shin Fukai is at 735, a lot can change this week uh, points-wise, I would think, Kenneth, wouldn't you? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's opportunities. It's a big field, so things can really shake up a lot. They can. And St. Lawrence, I, I know it can handle a lot of pressure. It's a big body of water. you got a lot of room to go. But, I mean, it's had an Elite Series event. It's had a BPT event. It's been beat up. Had to have been, right? So, well, And even, you know, they even showed us that, you know, there's not big fish everywhere. That, no. You know, there can be, you know – you come into the weigh-in at the end of the day, and you got guys that weigh twelve pounds and guys that weigh, you know, twenty-six pounds, right? Twenty-four pounds, right? That, that, that those are big gaps that can be kind of hard to overcome. Yeah. Get yourself behind. Yeah, and you've got some guys up there. I mean, you've got some guys that are way down the the list here. Um, just looking, not way down the list, but pretty good ways out. That I mean, it's it's got to be a win to get in. Right to the top fifty. I mean, a lot of guys that that really, and you've got some smallmouth guys that are in this in this group. That I mean, they've got to have a heck of a finish to to really get in this deal. But then you look at guys like, I mean, Tyall. He's in twenty eighth at seven at seven twenty nine. He should be okay, assuming he has decent limits. You know, all three days. Um, you got uh, Ron Nelson, who was last year's AOI, right? 
um, Larry Nixon, and I'm leaving out the BPT guys in here because I just don't care. But um, and you got like Larry Nixon, Lawson Hibden in 33rd. I mean, he's having a heck of a rookie year, so hopefully he can uh, hang on and catch some good weight. You got Brad Knight in 35th, former FLW Cup champ, who needs he needs a good finish. He needs a good year to stay in that mix, you know, for future years and uh, really make a run at things. And this would be a big, big confidence booster for him. Only won 30 grand this year, but in 35th in points right now at 705. So he's um, he, he's looking good at this point, just needs to catch him days one and two and really sell value. You, you make the cut in this deal, and you you pretty much sealed your fate, I would think. Um, Kurt Mitchell, Matt Becker, Alex Davis, Brian Latimer, uh, who came back to FLW or back to the pro circuit this year, He's at 685, um, you know, just about 21 points ahead of Matt, but he's got to catch him. There's some there's some pressure there on on him as well. Miles Berghoff, Jesse Wiggins, who's a BPT guy, he's at 666. Jesse got to change that. Evan Barnes, who had a great year last year, he needs to, you know, catch him. He's in 48th. And then of course Matt Reed at 50th. Um, they really need to have uh, really need to have a, a big week this week to solidify that that deal. Where is the title going this year? Do we know, David? I meant to look and I, and I didn't get a chance. Wasn't well, it Champlain? No, it's St. Clair, right? Going to St. Clair. Clair. That's right. Yeah, going to St. Clair. Is it St. Clair? Were they at St. Clair last year? Go ahead, Kenneth. I'm sorry. The the you know the other thing about this tournament is, and I hadn't checked the weather, but you know. This place can get tricky with weather. If these guys are making long runs, there's a chance some of them may not make it back for weight. No, you're right. You're exactly right. There's a lot, a uh, lot going on. Uh, Mississippi River going to Lacrosse. That's just gonna say going Duh, to Lacrosse. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I was gonna say, aren't you going? But yeah, it's at Lacrosse. Duh. So, um, you know, again, they hadn't been there in a while. That's gonna be an interesting event. I, I I thought it was Lacrosse, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So, no, you're right, Kenneth, because there's a lot of guys that watch the Elite Series deal. You know. A couple weeks ago, I thought, I can make that run. I'm cool. I got it. I got it. I can do that. But, I mean, you heard Chris Johnson talk about it. I mean, dude, he wished he had a 16-inch trolling motor on that deal because he couldn't stay in the water, couldn't stay on his fish. So, right. it doesn't take much there. You know, a, a little breath of wind, and that dude goes haywire fast. And uh, I've been there on days where the lake is laid flat and the river is rolling. And I've been there on days where the lake's rolling and, 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 the, and, and the river's flat. So, um, it's a crazy place. It really is. But uh, they can catch them, and, and it should be a really good tournament. So, really good tournament. What are the – when is live for this event? Do we know? Or is there? I'm assuming it's always the last two days, right? The last two days. change that format. Yeah, so, I'm assuming it's Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So – but, uh, but yeah, so that should be a good event this week. Excited to see that because this will solidify or, or this will set the stage for, you know, we still got a, a, what, one BPT event left to go. Uh, one or two, I think, uh, left over there. I, I had the schedule pulled up a minute ago. I meant to look at it and see. But got a, another event or two left to go there, and then we'll figure out who goes where. We've got two, two events, one on Champlain. And then one on St. Clair uh, left in the BPT coming up. And, I mean, the Champlain event's next week. So that'll be really quick. And then um, St. Clair is in, in September. So we'll know pretty fast who's qualifying and who's making the moves, who's going where. Um, same way with the uh, with the Elite Series. I did the math. Uh, I sent you guys a spreadsheet. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it. Because, frankly, David, 
I'm as lost as a headshot goose. You know, I can't figure I can tell you the three-year average on everybody. But if you fished it five years, right, you get to what, drop a year, and then it's a four-year average or what? I think it's still a two-year average, but then I guess they picked the two out of your – so what, so if you fish five years, I think it was, right? So if they fish five, they take your top two years out of the five. Is it Does a two-year average or three-year average? The two-year average still. Okay. All right. Um, and that's for, for the elites. Yes. Okay. All right. Because so I've got I've got all the points in all the way back to 2017 for the field. And I really liked putting in 17 and 18 because most of that field didn't even fish, right? So I only had a handful of guys that were there. So how they get that figured out, I don't know. I liked what I saw, though. And the fact that on a three-year average, let me pull, let me do the math here again. On a three-year average, um, get that where it needs to be. Three-year average, fighter still leads at 744. Then Corey Johnston, Patrick Walters, Drew Cook, Chris Johnston. Stets, Lester, Canterbury, and Zaldane are your top ten right there on a three-year average. And so I don't know how many they'll keep what what'll happen you've got in the bottom 10 you've got three guys that are down on a um medical exempt two on a medical exemption sorry three on a medical exemption and one that has left the elites completely and of course we've still got what 24 25 that are you know only two years in so i guess i better do a two-year average then to see where everybody sits with that so we can understand what Working all. on it. <laughs> you're already you're already doing, aren't you? You're well ahead of me. Right. So, well ahead of me. <laughs> Kenneth, we missed you last week at iCast. Wished you were with us. Um, more for my sanity than anything, but uh, wished you were with us. Uh, did you learn anything exciting this past week or weekend? Um. Yeah, I actually learned it last night. Oh, okay. So you you got the uh, you got the build ants button handy. Yeah, I do actually. I, I, I might need that one for me. Okay, I got you. I got what you. What a dumb bass! That one there. Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right. So I'm sitting in my den last night, and I I don't know how it just all of a sudden hit me. You know, I sold my boat. I don't know ten days ago, whenever it was. It's it's been a little while. Yeah. It dawned on me that, and this is the first time this has ever happened. All of the map cards, and everything still in the unit no what a dumb bass i deserve it wow I, you know, I normally i normally save make sure i save my waypoints make sure they're up to date and then i clear the units because because i actually got about my last year begged me to keep them on there but i completely never even thought about it so i sent him a text real quick i said hey i don't think you left my cards in the units he said, well, I'm not at the boat right now. I'm, I'm out of town. He said, when I get home, I'll check it. I said, I've either got two or three cards between the two units. I said, but can you also just kind of just do a quick save of the, of the waypoints? Because I can't remember the last time I updated. I'm sitting here back, thinking, man, this is years worth of waypoints. Back them I'm up, just, buddy. Do you keep this stuff on a PC or anything? Do you keep it anywhere or is it just on cards? Yeah, it no, it's on a PC too, but um, it's probably not completely. Been, been a while, been a while. I can't, you know. <laughs> I got you. It's the unknown right now that's getting me because sure. I don't, I don't know how much I can potentially lose. But yeah, that's that's me <laughs> last night freaking out. 
What a dumb bass. I love it. You called it. You got I got I gotta give it to you on that. Make sure you're white. That's that's funny. That's the first thing I do. I, it's it's always in my head when I sell one. That's it's the last thing I'll pull out, but it's the and, and then and then it, it's the it's the the reset, you know, it's the save, pull the cards out, um, or export, you know, save whatever the unburns features are. And then it's sort of reset to factory settings and, and get it gone. Uh, yeah, that's, and, that's usually not an issue for me. It's uh, easy to get it done, but for some reason. Well, it's not an issue for me because I don't fish enough to even for anybody to really give a shit, right? <laughs> Nobody wants my waypoints because you've seen them. They ain't nothing to them. So well, most there. of my waypoints are places I just need to ignore. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. That's exactly. It, it should be. It shouldn't be waypoints for me. It should be stay away points, right? Don't fish here. I should I should change all my icons to like little skull and crossbow. Don't fish here. Go somewhere else. But I can't do that because I've already gotten the uh, I've gotten the the, the the hazards marked with that. So, uh, but yeah. Well, hopefully he gets back to you and you uh, you get your cards back. That would be that would be rough. David, what did you learn this week or weekend or last week at Diecast? Well, we didn't get to talk about the 2022 schedules, but I guess my point is to kind of be we upon. Did. I'm going to eventually, but yeah. <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, I guess uh, I, I knew, I'm not going to try to say anything mean or anything like that, but um, I was a bit disappointed, I guess you could say, with, well, I guess, you know, because normally, and it made sense because every year before the buyout, FLW, no, it's just there's calendar at iCast always. ICAST. Does. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I heard that uh what was it uh that they were gonna announce their twenty twenty two schedules that oh MLF was gonna announce their twenty two schedules, I thought that it would include the Bass Pro Tour. But lo and behold, I was incorrect. It was just the Toyota series and the Pro Circuit. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but um It's everything so wrong a bit, with it. It's oh, every, that, what it's, else do you need to know? It's everything wrong with it. So you you know okay, you know what I'm going to get on that soapbox really quick really quick Sorry. no 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 you're fine you're fine if you want to know the dates for next year's BPT just look at the elite series and take six days prior and six days after and it's going to be in that time frame right it's going to overlap the majority of them somewhere I mean that's just that's just me Joe I'm sorry I know you're listening I'm sorry I love you Charity. We're you and I have met. We're 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 tight now, but it's Joe just doesn't make the schedule. It's just reality. I know Joe doesn't make the schedule, but Joe and I and Charity had a nice conversation at ICAST last week, and I'm just saying it's. I mean that's basically what's going to happen. I mean I'm sure you know they'll prove me wrong, and that that's great. But um, it's you know it, it this is this is another show all on its own that I can tell you how I really feel about it, but I'm not going to, right? We'll let it be. We'll have our own internal discussions of what it'll be. And, David, you and I have had discussion at dinner on Thursday night. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a whole – it's a whole different deal. But, uh, anyway, sorry, David. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, you you so had the floor. I, my fault. No, I, I, since I'm not so tall, I'll get on my little tiny soapbox, my little single-use soapbox. It's not a bad thing, but I guess it was just – I was a bit disappointed that, you know, it wasn't BPT. Uh, the BPT schedule wasn't part of the announcement. Um, I was surprised by how many BPT guys were at the announcement. Yes. There was quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if 
all of them fish. I know there's a probably a few that don't fish the pro circuit this year, but there was quite a good amount of BPT guys there. But um, my only gripe with it was really like, you know, I mean, I felt as if like there's for some store, you know, there's still a separation or a divide, like the BPTs, like the. Oh, oh it's huge. Co- it's huge. A few, a few classes above the pro circuit guys or something like that, because like for them not to have the schedule and, you know, it's like, you could say COVID this and COVID that, but I thought that was kind of a, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it and whatever, but I thought that was kind of a, you know, hey, you figure, hey, we're all under one umbrella, you know, it's MLF, even if it's big five, whatever, it's all MLF, but, you know, you have the top, two out of the top three level of uh, calendars out, but you don't have a BPT one. So I thought that was really something, I not a pick on them, but I just thought that that was something that was really quite odd when you're under one big umbrella. Go ahead, Ken. Is it possible that it's easier to schedule the pro circuit because of the type of tournament it is, finding local places that actually wants them to come and pay money for them to come, than it is to put together a BPT schedule that doesn't yes. necessarily have that? Yes. Yes. I agree with that completely. I will say this. I'm disappointed in some anglers. I'm not going to name names. I'm disappointed in some anglers, anglers that are, I consider them to be good friends of mine. And this may just be me being a, a dumbass. I don't know. But anglers that, that were, you know, good friends of mine um, in years past, and it's obviously they've listened to the show, but um, were very hesitant to talk to me. I mean, they talked to me, but were hesitant. A couple of them were. And it really surprised me. And that's probably my own doing. But, Do they have a little cheat sheet in their pocket? They have to kind of look down and look and make sure that you're, you know, you're either on or off the list. They did. Okay. They did. They did. I'm, I, I'm off the list. I'm off the the conversations I had this week. I'm off that list. You know what? I'm uh, fine with well, that. I mean, I, I don't know. Is is the list bigger of people you need to stay away from, or is the list bigger of people that are okay? Well, you know, some of them had the notes on what to say written on their arm, right? Kind of like you do when you cheat on a test in school so they're written on their arm no i'm kidding it, it it was good to see a lot of guys it was funny in a way to see some of the guys um and you know i've got i've got i've got several friends in you know in in the uh in the main office there you know in upper management there not not duck it but um several others that are in the office there that even them it's a it's a different air it really is, but I appreciate Joe and Charity spending time with me and, and talking to them. Um, they understand, you know, my points on a lot of things and, and my point of view on some things. So I appreciate uh, appreciate their time. They called me and wanted to have coffee, so we did, um, and it was good. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was um, it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, they're they're. And just so people don't misunderstand, there's a lot of good people over there. There are. There really it, are. It, it, sometimes it's a it's a couple of people that can kind of, you know, rub you the wrong way or give you the wrong impression or or that just kind of, you know, stand out above the others that kind of ruins it for everybody. Yeah, you know, uh, and this is probably a, a, a bad analogy, but a long time ago, and I don't even remember what the analogy was about, but it was something about, you know, a glass of water that you would drink and then, you know, you take and you just put one or two little drops of, you know, 
sewer water or something in there and will you drink it you know might granted it's just it's just a small percentage compared to the rest of the the glass of water but you're not going to drink it right i'm not going to drink that kool-aid and that's the way i look at that you've got a handful i mean you've got you know a handful of really good people over there i've got a lot of good friends over there but then you got a few folks that have just really ruined life for a lot of folks and um and it's just you know, it's unfortunate. It really is. As the as my, my daughter's volleyball coach would say, it's unlucky, right? Unlucky. So we'll uh, we'll move on from there. But um, well, folks, thanks for tuning in and listening to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. A little iCast recap. Um, it's been uh, it's been a fun show. Good to get back behind a mic. Good to have a little bit of fun with you two guys. It's been uh, well, it's been a week, but I mean, it's still we last week was kind of rushed with Ronnie. But I hope you guys enjoyed that show. I uh, hope you guys will uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show on a favorite podcast app. We are making a move in Japan, guys. Japan in the wilderness section. We're making a move up. I think it's all because of David, but we are making a move that. up in Japan. So uh, y'all look for that. But uh, if you did like the show, go ahead and share it with Mom and them. Feel free to chime in and give us your thoughts, as always, via the X Zone Hotline brought to you by Trickstep 256 Five three five three two one seven. Talked to Mark Pizer with Trickstep last week at the show. He and his wife Pam and their daughter and their granddaughter, great people, salt of the earth folks, love them to death. We're going to be doing a Trickstep giveaway later on this year. We're going to do a whole month, month long giveaway on Trickstep. So if you want one, they can build you one. Uh, but go ahead and get that in now. He's they're blowing and going over there. I mean, just having a ball. So. Make sure you do that. With that said, on behalf of our guest tonight, your rookie of the year, Mr. Josh Schreisner. For David Jean, Kenneth Grover, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great week and weekend. As always, God bless good fishing. Put that life jacket on. Buckle it up tight. Make sure that kill switch is hooked up. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, your number one tournament resource.